softly but carry a megaphone the size of Kentucky. Hello, friends, and welcome in to this, the 155th edition of Fusebox, abstrusely entitled Injustice for All, also known as the best justice money can buy. I'm your unavailable for comment as my brain is being audited uh, host, Mark Rose, and over there... Always willing to comply with all things audio, the Prime Minister of Meters, Milt Keynes, everybody. Thank you kindly. So, uh, <laughs> the vid hits the White House. <laughs> so, how? So, how about that? I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but uh, big surprise? I think not. How many super spreader events can you attend and not be affected by this thing? Especially when you refuse to wear any face covering or take sensible precautions. Yeah, it seems as though White House aide Holly Hicks was first hit with the shit, and then it seems to just spread around from there. Well, welcome to yet another Friday surprise. Except this one uh, really may take the wheels off his campaign cart, uh, given the uh, amount of time remaining till uh, election day here. Gotta say, man. The list of folks traveling with him on that particular flight is, uh, well, it's just it's everybody. Well, look, all I can say is I don't know how you can expect to avoid this uh, viral crap when there is clearly a patent disregard for prevention and, frankly, common sense. You know, the guy's 74 and in a particularly sensitive group of folks who can potentially die from this crap. I, I, it just it, it just baffles me. Remember back in the beginning when he was saying it was a hoax brought out by the Democrats for crying out loud? Yes, yes, I remember that, yeah. Wonder how that's working out for him now. Huh. Well, we'll keep a third eye peeled for developments here as uh, it's, it's a moment-to-moment thing, friends. Um, it, it is going to have long-range effects here, certainly for uh, further debates and uh, maybe even in the uh, confirmation of Judge Barrett that has already uh, become uh, odd with a little bit of creepy on the side. More goddamn cultists. Oh, and, and by the way, how does it feel to be known as an anarchist jurisdiction? Uh, feels like Friday. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Just what the fuck does that even mean? Well, as usual, Mr. Keynes, there's no legal precedent for this uh, term that he came up with. Orange guy just uh, created it. Uh, Perhaps, folks, with all the recent stuff flying around, and uh, believe me, we'll get to it, sadly. Yes, we will. Uh, You might have missed this little bit about Orange guy decreeing that uh, Seattle... And uh, us here in Portland, and uh, then, of course, uh, New York City itself, are all now classified as anarchist jurisdictions. 
whatever that is. Something he can use to stimulate that mass of inbred morons that think he's the second coming. <laughs> yeah, well, those folks don't need much stimulation from him. He j- I, I swear, he just walks out on stage in one of his uh, super spreader events and then just says, you know, something like emails or maybe Benghazi or... Is he still using that 2016 crap? Oh, hell yeah. You know what? I just saw a clip a day or two back from uh, one of these uh, demented love fests where the crowd started to chant, lock her up. Uh, FYI, she's not even running. Perhaps that MAGA hat is a wee too tight. It's choking the oxygen off to the brain. I don't know. Well, let me just say that it is really good to know that at least he paid his fair share of taxes, right? Oh, I know. I'm personally very relieved. I mean, clearly, when you're a multi-billionaire, mega-important, and bigly huge man of destiny like he is, the pressures and responsibilities are enormous. And as uh, evidenced by his tax bill, he, uh, he really had to pony it up, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it was a massive hit. Probably had to cut back on a few necessities, you know? Yeah, maybe just uh, pay off only one porn star a month. $750 for both 2016 and 2017? <laughs> really? <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it. Oh, you only paid $750 too? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, what I was going to say is that uh, all these mega-wealthy cats, they all do this. Hide assets, overinflate the value when they're trying to look good on paper, and then undervalue the thing when they're going to, you know, claim it. Yeah, yeah. i got to say this, too. I I think a bunch of folks were hoping for some uh, Russian footsies going on here, and uh, that was not present in these documents, evidently. But let me just say, those types of transactions, they're not going to show up in these things. They're going to they're gonna have to get the... Uh, the uncooked version of the books? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that goes without saying, right? No, the business side would probably show a different side of things. And he, he's not going to run stuff like that through his personal accounts, or at least I hope not. Why, Mr. Keynes, I didn't know you were so financially savvy. I'm not. I mean, I'm just thinking, what would I do? The difference is, of course, I'd be caught and immediately thrown into some dark hole for getting my zip code wrong. Common problem, yeah. You know, I'd I'd agree with that, actually. I mean, particularly after this uh, much time has passed, there 10 years (laughs) in some cases. There would be uh, more than ample time uh, to, uh, shall we say, uh, redistribute things to ensure everything is somewhat orderly. $70,000 deduction for hairstyling? What the hell are they doing to his hair? Well, now, in in all fairness, uh, they might be importing exotic blonde barn weasel hair and uh, doing like a weave thing, you know? That's very time-consuming, I know. It's very... uh, How do you get them to sit still? The weasels? No. Trump. Good point. Perhaps pictures of Stormy Daniels in a transparent judicial robe. (laughs) You know? Still say, when this guy is out, he's going to be tied up in court 
for the rest of his life. It's never going to stop for him. Uh, we can only hope that that is the case. Or cases, as it uh, could be. That's why it's imperative I investigate. TheFuseBoxShow.com So that Proud Boys rally that was uh, scheduled for the other day out here. Oh, and yes, and non-permitted, of course. Right, naturally. You know, because uh, to hear them tell it, it was going to be 10,000 fully armed idiots driving tanks and monster trucks down the streets of Portland. That stupid Facebook post advising their members to come armed was just... Just completely false, even by their own admissions. But it gets better, friends. This uh, huge saber-rattling event, uh, destined to replace the March on Selma in our history books, ends up being 200 people. Are we uh, sure about even that number? I mean... Well, if we look closely, it may actually be just 12 fat guys. Was he a fat guy? Yes. Yes, he is. And was. And you know, when they all stand that tightly together, it does appear that there are more of them. Well, using Trump logic, if you don't count the fact that there was really nobody there, there were millions of them. <laughs> Such a simple, simple world he lives in, you know? <laughs> Well, I, I'm very happy to report that there was no violence at that location. They waved their flags and speeched their speeches, and then they all went home, as it should be. Because in all seriousness, friends, uh, those particular points of view, although shared not by me, uh, are every bit or should be every bit as welcomed as the opposing ones uh, or, like I say, should be in a tolerant society. It's just that these particular cats have a proclivity to um, incite riotous behavior and have been uh, actually designated by the uh, Southern District of New York as a hate group. So there's that. Uh, well, of course, you know, with him giving what amounts to an endorsement of those idiots during the uh, presidential debate. <laughs> oh, yeah, when he uh, refused to uh, condemn their actions and instead said, stand back and stand by. Yeah. What the hell? Why don't you just say, hey, folks, bring it on? You know, that's just going to legitimize their whole movement. Well, I, you know, I've heard that they immediately adopted that statement as a new uh, uh, a call to action, already emblazoned on shirts, which... Of course, begs the question, was this not a prepared statement? Already in the pipeline and uh, ready to use the second it fell out of his orange mouth? Yeah. That was a mess. And speaking of stinky messes, um, in the uh, dumpster fire... That is the recent uh, grand jury results in the uh, Breonna Taylor case, resulting in bringing only one indictment to the officers involved in that event and to charge no one 
with the murder of uh, Miss Taylor. Yeah, I smell a rat. Yes, a huge one with horns. And evidently, so did one of the grand jurors uh, also smell that rat. This person filed a suit to have the materials related to the hearing released to the general public. Yeah, but even before that, a judge had requested the materials be made available to the court to examine. Yes, and, uh, you know, what may be confusing here, friends, is that the uh, grand jury operates very differently than a uh, standard uh, courtroom proceeding that we're probably more familiar with. There are no attorneys present, with the exception of the AG, or maybe a prosecutor, but uh, no defense attorneys. And, uh, and only the evidence and or witnesses deemed uh, appropriate are included in this thing, and that's the problem. Uh, so as a rather bright guy pointed out, former prosecutor Glenn Kirshner, it's really at the discretion of the AG what evidence, scenario, or uh, witness package he or she wants to compile to present to the grand jury. So well, it's really just a matter of the verdict is only as good as the materials they submit. Exactly. And uh, frankly, if you choose to not include some things, or maybe even your witness has, uh, by some mystery, altered their original claim, as was the case here. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. You see, the chief witness uh, has stated... He heard officers announce uh, that they were police before breaking down the door. But that testimony came two months after his original testimony, captured on body cam footage of him clearly stating he did not hear anyone announce their arrival. Holy carp. Well, wait a minute. I, I thought the officers on the scene first didn't have body cams. That was the- Well, they didn't. See? It was the SWAT team and the others that arrived shortly thereafter that uh, actually were required to have uh, them on. And that's where all this evidence uh, is uh, coming from now. Well, I hope that AG has an exit strategy. He's going to need it. Yeah. Yeah, and there are all sorts of issues uh, in addition uh, with the crime scene itself and uh, the potential of tampering with evidence has also uh, been brought up. Yeah, it just uh, it just stinks. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like you said. I, I, I'm sure we probably won't get to see all the stuff the grand jury saw, I'm sure, but I bet some stuff leaks. Well, you can bet on it. Um, just as the body cam footage was uh, acquired by Vice the uh, internet news group, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty damning. They have something like uh, 50 camera sources or some such thing to, uh, to wade through. It's a lot of, uh, lot of footage. So um, a lot of this footage is uh, in direct contradiction to what was first revealed as facts. The AG had requested another week to prepare the materials, uh, redact certain areas to protect the identities of the uh, grand jurors, of course. But the judge actually just gave him to today, as it turns out, to uh, turn it all over. So uh, we shall see. This is not going to go away anytime soon. 
And in the mixed emotions department comes this. It appears there are going to be a raft of requirement changes to the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences hiring criteria. Yeah, I heard about this. It's starting with the best picture submissions, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, With all the social change issues and the uh, pressure cooker these days, the Oscars have uh, set forth new guidelines for submissions. All the films have to be made by Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Not not quite. He'd love that, though. He really would. (laughs) No. Quoting, uh, quoting now from The Hollywood Reporter, it's part of the Academy Awards' ongoing response to criticism over its lingering lack of diverse nominees. The outcry became particularly intense five years ago when the hashtag Oscars so white forced a reckoning within the organization. Shocking. <laughs> yes. Since that time... Leadership of the Academy has uh, tried to improve diversity within its voting body and encourage positive discussions within the industry. But this new set of guidelines is aimed at making it mandatory for contenders to be more inclusive of those who have traditionally been marginalized in Hollywood. So here's a brief overview of what they're saying. And by the way, these guidelines are all modeled on a... um, similar set of requirements set forth by the British Film Institute to determine funding eligibility for productions and also the British Academy of Film and Television in order to participate in the uh, BAFTA categories. So uh, the uh, folks at the Academy are kind of Johnny-come-lately, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, the new Academy regulations apply only to, as uh, Mr. Keynes pointed out there, best picture uh, right now. The new rules also will not be required this year, since all of the films likely to uh, compete are nearing the end of production. (laughs) Well, we hope they are. We don't know. Uh, They also won't be disqualifying for the next two years, although participants in those races must still submit a private form documenting whether they meet these standards. The uh, policies will only become mandatory for the 96th Academy Awards in 2024, (laughs) provided there is one. A 2024, that is. I'm sorry. Uh, Okay, so there are four standards that must be met, and uh, all the submissions must meet at least two of the four requirements in each category, and I will save the tediousness of running each list. Appreciate that. (laughs) Right. Uh, So the categories are as follows. Uh, Standard A, on-screen representation, themes, and narratives. Standard B, creative leadership and project team. Standard C, industry access and opportunities. And standard D, audience development. And basically, you have to do two of the following things in any of those categories I just mentioned. For instance, uh, for category A, the film must meet one of the following criteria. At least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group, Asian, Hispanic, Latin, Black, African-American, Indigenous, Native American, or Alaskan Native, Middle Eastern, North African, Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander, 
or other unrepresented race or ethnicity. The general ensemble cast requirement, at least 30% of all actors in secondary and more minor roles are from at least two of the following underrepresented groups. Women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ, people with cognitive or physical disabilities, or who are deaf or hard of hearing. And in A3, main storyline subject matter, the main storyline, theme, or narrative of the film is centered on an unrepresented group. Women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ, people with cognitive or physical disabilities, or those who may be deaf or hard of hearing. Wow. Well, that'll be a thing right there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now, you know, our collaborator in uh, audio crime, Jeff Pollard, and I were uh, talking about this the other day. And uh, it certainly is a very sticky wicket, uh, to say the least. The diversity thing, I think, is a given. And that that should always be a consideration and, and one that follows the ability to actually do the job, regardless of your uh, human condition. Where it gets a bit murky is when uh, business is starting to dictate art, which is why, friends, we have a lot of dreck out there right now. Art purely based on numbers is not art. It's accountancy. The, the reason we a, a lot of crap out there right now feels hollow and kind of misdirected is that when casting decisions at any level, and this includes crew and support, all that, when they're purely based on box office draw rather than best person for the position, we get what we have. A hell of a lot of sizzle and positively no steak or some fine plant-based meat substitute, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I could see the whole awards thing start to nosedive. And you know what? I think it should. I don't know what function this thing serves. The idea that uh, being an award winner is going to, you know, result in better parts and all that. Well, it's been confirmed time and time again uh, that it doesn't. It just doesn't do that anymore. Uh, this applies to the, to the uh, Grammys as well. And this has been going on for decades. It just doesn't return what folks have imagined it would. Well, didn't you say that the, the, the guy that built this desk in here was a Grammy-winning producer? Yeah, and now he's building studio furniture. Look, I think that the, uh, the spirit of this idea is splendid. A little more uh, effort into reflecting the diversity that actually exists in our world would be fabulous, rather than the, quote, pretty people all the time thing. Now, I've talked about this before, uh, and, I, and I mean it, and I continue to mean it. Europe has done a far, far better job with authentic casting than we have. The casting there uh, is, for the most part, I think, much more believable. Uh, people cast in many of the uh, television and film productions over there, well, they look like they could actually do whatever the character is supposed to do, you know? And I and I'm and 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 forget about that. You don't know the actor. He's he or she is unfamiliar, so it's more effective. No, no, it just doesn't play. Over here, well, we get a lot of voguish model types portraying characters that, well, frankly, I don't believe for one damn second. A good example. I I I've got one for you. The magicians. 
Really? This looks like what would happen if you crossed 90210 with Harry Potter. Yikes. You know what I want? I want some hellspawn demon to come along and just... Now you see them. Now you don't. You gotta, you gotta stop being so wishy-washy, Rose. Get off the fence about this. Sorry. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and uh, lastly, on our plate for this uh, edition of the, the program is this wonderful gem from the You Gotta Be Kidding Me department. And we aren't, I assure you. A UK-based broadband provider called OpenReach explained in a press release that every morning around 7 a.m., residents of the Aberhosen village, and I'm sure I'm mangling that horribly, uh, that's in Wales, France, found themselves experiencing issues connecting to the Internet. And uh, when they would log on, loading time slowed to a crawl and all that kind of good stuff. According to the provider... Engineers were deployed to the area on multiple occasions only to find the network was functioning normally. Wait, they didn't use the squirrel ate through the coax scam? I mean, all the cable companies over here use that one. Oh no, oh no. Much smarter in the UK, Mr. Keynes. No one would believe that for a second. And the squirrels would be incensed. OpenReach engineer Michael Jones explained that as a final resort, a team visited the village to test for electrical interference. By using a device called a spectrum analyzer, we walked up and down the village in the torrential rain at 6 a.m. to see if we could find an electrical noise to support our theory. And at 7 a.m., like clockwork, it happened. Our device picked up a large burst of electrical interference in the village. The team was able to trace the signal to a residence and found that the occupant had an aging TV that was producing electrical interference known as shine, single high-level impulse noise. Holy car. (laughs) Yeah. So it appears that the uh, TV's owner had a habit of switching it on every morning at 7 a.m. as they started their day. As you can imagine, when we pointed this out to the resident, they were mortified that their old secondhand TV was the cause of an entire village's broadband problems. And they immediately agreed to switch it off and not use it again, Jones said. (laughs) Well, that right there is obviously uh, another difference. Over here, some inbred moron would claim their right to watch Fox News was being violated and clearly being violated by the deep state cable company. Yes, you may have a point there, Mr. Keynes. Uh, OpenReach's network is still on the uh, outdated ADSL broadband standard with uh, plans to deploy fiber optic cables later this year. Shine is a type of interference that screws with the frequencies that ADSL utilizes. So when a device is powered on, a burst of frequencies is emitted 
that can knock devices offline or cause reduced speeds as a result of line errors. And you know what? Uh, if you've ever had a DSL connection in your house as opposed to the cable thing, you'll know exactly what this is because they give you those little adapter boxes to plug into all of your open phone ports in your house and making sure that uh, none of this shine is actually uh, uh, developed there. They go on here to say, while shine is a single event that occurs when turning a device on and off, it can result in DSL circuits failing and losing sync. UK Telecom Zen has some tips for identifying shine on your own using an AM radio. Anything with electric components, from outdoor lights to microwaves to CCTV cameras, can potentially have an impact on your broadband connection. Susan Rutherford, OpenReach Chief Engineer's lead for Wales, explained. And while it's unusual to hear about a whole village's internet being impacted, we've seen similar cases of big problems being caused by little devices in the past. In 2004, operators of a radio telescope in West Virginia traced broadband interference to a faulty heating pad. In 2015, a different telescope in the Netherlands was found to be suffering from interference produced when the door of a microwave oven was opened before the magnetron was automatically turned off by the timer. Yeah, you know what? This actually could turn into a great new scam for the cable companies. Oh, slow service? Well, that's probably somebody's failing toaster oven. We can't be responsible for folks with legacy electronics. Don't give them any ideas, Mr. Keynes. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> oh, and with that, we'll take our gavels and simulated wood grain paneling and squeeze back down into the floorboards, but not before thanking our contributor to this edition of the show, Zoe Nelson. Thanks as well to the always setting a legal precedent, the high pooba of potentiometers, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance. My pleasure as always, and uh, stay safe out there, folks. It's gonna get weirder from here. Sadly, yes it is. But uh, as a great man once said, it is what it is. Certainly great in his own mind. And thanks to you, friends, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. We uh, do so appreciate that. And may I just humbly suggest that if uh, you have not otherwise done so, please go ahead and subscribe to this uh, audio offering wherever fine podcasts are lurking. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and soon, yes, even the very Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the very OnSug itself at onsug.com. Also, friends, get out and vote. Do not be cowed by the frenetic behavior of some overbloated racist con man with a sneeze. <coughs> That's right. Or his minions. It's uh, never been more crucial or essential that uh, this election is a landslide turnout and cannot be dismissed as fake or rigged. Yeah, we already had that. True enough. I have been your hiding in plain sight, but only when you're not looking host, Mark Rose, saying, please be safe and healthy and until our next cartoon. 
Fuse Box.